and um, we're going to do a podcast here with um, with my friend. Actually, he's been a friend for quite a long time. We were both lawyers in England, and um, the topic today is going to be about um, British Indians. We're both British Indians, like we were both born and brought up in the UK, and we're just going to discuss um, on this area and. Um, um, we want to talk about like the life of a British Indian. Do they fit into Britain? And now, you know, for me, the last 15 years or so, I've been living in India. So we're just going to compare and contrast, you know, the different lifestyles and our views about Britain and India. Um, not not political, but just our sort of personal experiences. So, um, Debo, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my full name is Debo Brotto Day, but people call me Debo. Um, yeah, and like Wendy said, I've known her for a long time. Um, um, yes, I'm currently working as a lawyer in London. Yeah, okay. So both of us are lawyers. And um, so, Debo, um, would you like to tell me a little bit about your history? You were born in England, right? That's right. I was born in London. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to tell you what year I was born in, or no, no, where? no. So it's okay. okay. No. So you were born in London, and you've yeah. spent you've spent all of your life in England, right? Yeah, apart from obviously holidays and stuff, but yeah, I've pretty much and, lived in in England. And do you call yourself a? Do you identify as a British person or an Indian person, or do you not have any such kind of identity? If people ask you, for example, where you're from, what would you say? Um, I identify myself as British purely because I think, you know, my passport says I'm British or European. But yeah, I, I've always identified myself kind of as British because when it comes to nationality, I guess, I would say British. But um, I, I do get asked where I'm from sometimes. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, mainly from the Indian community. Um right where and i think it's more about rather than where i'm from it's probably more like where my parents are from so yeah. when when that when i get asked that question um i tend to say oh my parents are from india from west bengal right and um do you feel like i mean do you feel like you really belong in britain do you feel happy there do you feel there's no racism there do you feel the same as, I mean, you're not in a white body, but do you feel like, do you feel, do you really feel British? Like, you know, or um, do you feel like um, a mixture? Uh, probably a mixture. I mean, I think when I was growing up um, and going to school, um, kind of having that kind of racism, I mean, sort of I think the racism I kind of faced with kind of the name calling that was a kind of direct racism that I kind of got um what, like and, being called like being called a packy or something yeah that, that yeah basically yeah. um yeah and has and, that has that lessened over the years or uh, it's kind of have it happens every so often maybe but not I haven't seen it recently and and thankfully I haven't kind of seen it since uh the Brexit um debate um i know sort of looking through papers and stuff um you know sort of hearing about how that has any that has increased um but you know fortunately for me it hasn't i haven't really sort of faced it directly um maybe indirectly but i'm not very uh good at picking up things so i, I can't tell right. necessarily if there was any kind of indirect necessary indirect racism i'm sure there probably is but it's not, not mm. something i've kind of uh looked into too much um okay. it's more in terms of my client group i guess um but sorry i'm sort of get, getting back to what you were saying about how i feel with whether it's british or not um i i'm indian but i it's one of those where i never kind of fitted into either in the UK or, or, or um, India. Um, yeah, India to me is uh, an alien yeah, that's, culture yeah. to me. Um, yeah. The other thing but, I was going to say is by being British, um, I uh, 
it's quite funny because although I was born in England, I would never say I'm English. Uh, never right. felt I was English. Exactly. Uh, that's been the same. That's the same for me. I mean, mm. even though I was born in England, I don't say I'm English. And even though I've been living in India for 15 or so years, I don't say I'm Indian either. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like either, even though I've lived in both cultures, I still haven't, you know, I mean, I, you know, I just wanted to go back a bit to your upbringing. Like, sure. Would you say, like in your household, um, I think um, in previous conversations we've had, I think you said that you, you speak Bengali and that Bengali was the language that was used in the household. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much from a young age or pretty much from birth, really, I was, you know, with both my parents, it was always um, Bengali that I spoke to my parents Mm-hmm. Never to my brothers or sisters. Right. Uh, um, I think. That's and did you did you yeah. did you eat mainly Indian food? Was it or did you have a fusion cuisine or was it just Indian food? So you were brought up as if you know in the household as if you were in a mini India kind of thing. Um, yeah, I guess so because I mean um, I do remember sort of pretty much during the week it was mm. pretty much actually having said that sort of dinner time was always kind of um, mainly Indian food, if not all predominantly all the time. Um, when I was at primary school, I would come home for um, um, sort of lunch. My mum would pick me up and take me home for lunch and then bring me back again. And mm-hmm. at those times, you know, it would be like things like fish fingers or something like that or chips, and you know, sometimes mm-hmm. luchi or what they call puri, with um, chips or something, so there was that. And then on on a on a Sunday, um, as as we grew older and sort of get more involved in the kind of cultural things, um, like having a Sunday roast, um, mm-hmm. it it would never be turkey; it'd always be a chicken. But there'd mm-hmm. be like an Indian twist to it, so we'd like stuff with like Indian spices and have it like that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and- and would you say your parents would probably identify if we if I was to have this interview with your parents, mm-hmm. they they would identify themselves more as Indian rather than yeah, British. Absolutely. I mean, um it's quite funny with my mum. Um you know, my dad had a British passport, that's how he first came into this country, because he was in Kenya first, um mm-hmm. before he came here. Um and well, when I say Kenya, his 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 father, my grandfather, had a business there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, they're both. Uh, my, although my dad had a British passport, he would always, I would say, identify himself as Indian. And same with my yeah. mum, and she always had an Indian passport. She never had a British passport, and she never wanted to. Her and you know, she was quite, I think, proud of the fact that she, you know she was Indian she never wanted to give that up I mean you know she she would never give up give up her British her, her Indian passport for a British passport um, um, and we don't have still, nationality. And, still, and still hasn't no 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 she's got it she's got um permanent residency on her stamp mm-hmm. um, yeah. which makes it's frustrating really because it meant that when we used to go to Europe it was such a hassle uh, yeah, to get, to get a visa. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and and sometimes she'd get refused. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, so. What do you think um, uh, makes her? St- I mean, okay, let's go into this. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times uh, have you been to India? Um, I could probably literally either probably count you on one hand how many times I've been. Um, first time I went was probably when I was I was about eight I think mm-hmm. um, and I just went with my mum first time I went um, and I think it's the first time any of us went since our mm-hmm. family were in the UK um, mm-hmm. obviously I'd never been to India I'm the only one in the family because my got a brother and two sisters my brother was and sister my older sister were born in Kenya my other sister was born in India I'm the only one that was born in this country. Um, so the first time I kind of went to India, I was about eight. And I was mm-hmm. there for about, uh, um, 
Yeah, so that was the first time. And then after that, I think the next time I went, I was about um, probably my um, probably early 20s. Uh, I went just, um, yeah, just after I did, did my degree, I, I went with my a couple of my friends. Like backpacking? Stay, uh, huh? back, Sorry? Back, back, well, not really. I sort of stayed a bit in uh, Golgata because my mum had a house there. Um, yeah. And then... So with family, but then yeah, we did travel down. We didn't not backpacking, but we did travel to kind of the, um, around the east coast of India, down to I think we went to Pondicherry, then went up to uh, um, Goa. And so yeah. that was like about I don't know, twenty-eight years ago or something like that, right? It's a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I won't. I won't reveal your age. Yes. But anyway. Um, anyway, you're a man, so you won't mind. Um, but that reveals my age, and I will mind. So anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so then, what did what what did you think about India when you came in your twenty when you were twentyish? Um. Did you like being there? Did you feel at home there? Um, no, I was never kind of. I never kind of saw. India as my home. I mean, it's it's nice that I've got family there. Um, actually, most of my family are in India. I know with some families, like when they come come over to the UK, kind of it was an extended family. But for us, it was literally us coming over. Um, and we also had a, a an aunt who was in London, but never sort of closely living to us. Um, on my dad's side, and also my other, my, I had an uncle who was in Germany, so that was the only ones in in terms of family. Um, yeah, that's been my situation too. Yeah. I just my my dad's elder brother came, and that was it. Otherwise, yeah. everyone else is in India. So, mm. so did you feel like you were kind of travelling around a country that you identified with, or did it just feel like you could have been travelling around? Any country. Uh, I felt alien to even like, you know, speaking Bengali in, in, in India, you know, my, my Bengali isn't great. And so whenever I was speaking, you know, people thought I had some kind of speech impediment or something or something was wrong with me because I, um, I couldn't properly speak. I can't read the language, can't write yeah. Bengali, uh, can't speak or read Hindi. Right. Hindi is like an alien language to me. I can't, I mean, I can understand words, but not all of it. Um, but yeah, no, I was never there. I, I never really saw it as a place that I would see myself or being a part of. I mean, I, I, there's times when I thought, oh, yeah, I'd like to go here. Um, but the kind of the experience I've kind of had every time um, going there was always about, you know, paying a bit of money um to someone even at the airport or something you know paying a bit of money um and it's all for, for what yeah just like um like being searched and then being asked for some money and the first time was uh you know it just felt i think i was even when i was even eight or nine i think i was um stopped by immigration officials to search my bag or something i can't remember but i do remember having to give a bit of money or something um, and and they just, never said they never said what it was for. No, it was as if to say it was almost to say as if to say I was carrying something that wasn't meant to or something. I don't know, but it just funnily felt. Enough, yeah, funnily enough, I've been to India so many times I can't even count how many mm. times I've travelled to India. Um, yeah. I know I've been here fifteen years, but I have been back and forth. But um, prior to that, I travelled to India umpteen times, and that's never happened to me at all. No. No, no I that's had a very, very smooth arrival through the airport. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, a couple of times when I've been, you know, they've. Um, it hasn't happened recently, like the last couple of times I've been, but before then, um, yeah, it's always, you know, you can't get anything done unless you sort of pay a bit of money, you know. Is that um, is that has been, has that always been the case when you travel to India? Yeah, it's always it's like. It's like, you know, if you want to get something done in India, you have to pay someone a bit of money. You know, it's always like, oh, we can't do it. But if you um, pay us a bit of money, you know, we'll, we'll get it done for you. Like when I went there when I was about in my early 20s, I remember um, the house in Shonapur, uh, it was burgled. 
and um, you know the you know the robbers kind of left shit there as their own pieces there and uh, you know I, I remember going to the police station and reporting it and then you know even being asked by the police officer you know you know asking for a bit of backhander and stuff like that and I, and I remember saying no I'm not going to do that um, but they came to the house and they were looking around the house but you know for clues and stuff and like because it was in a village where we were it's like the whole village because the police came they will follow the officer around so he had yeah. this one officer at the front and this half the village like following him at my mum's house going around all the prop going around all the rooms to see um you know what was taken and stuff like that it just felt really crap you know in, in, <laughs> invasive yeah, well, you know, you, you you don't expect that, you know, and the police didn't even try to stop them, you know. Right. I think they kind of kind of felt a bit of power behind it, probably, to sort of trying to give their own view of it. And, and one of the theories was that they were probably hiding in the roof at the whilst I was there, and it that kind of was a bit, you know, shocking to think that you know there was someone in the house at the same time I was there before they robbed it. So do you, do you feel you didn't get any justice? No, not at all, no. And, and did, also, you, did, you, did you give money? No, I didn't. And I also uh -huh. remember when I went to the police station as well um, to report it that, I, you know, in another room I was hearing an interrogation and they were uh, beating this guy with a stick. Mm. Um, so, you know, that, all those kind of things, it just... You know, just, you know, it's like when people have a bad experience and, you know, I don't like stereotyping, but, you know, I've ended up, because I don't know the country very well, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I have sort of got this stereotypical view of, you know, what is essentially my people, I guess, because it's what my, you know, my, my family were brought up there and stuff, you know. So you, your, your stereotypical view is that India in, in general is a corrupt country? Yeah, yeah. That you know um, you can't get things down done unless do you, you have, sort of pay a bit of do money. Have, do you have any positive experiences of India? Um, positive experiences, obviously, just you know the you know, the country is a beautiful country. Um, yeah. um, um, the way my family treated me was amazing. The kind of because I was from England, because I was the youngest, nobody had ever seen me before in person. Yeah. Um, and getting that kind of love from yeah. my family. Um, also managed to get to see my grandfather and grandmother on my mother's side. Yeah. Um, and that was the only time I saw them at that time, because after that, I never got back earlier. And they sort of passed away before I, uh, I went the next time around. Um, so it's quite nice to see them. So do you think that I didn't think... like, because I was quite spoiled as well. So do you think it's just because you were the youngest and they hadn't seen you, or do you think there's something special about the Indian heart? You know, that the hospitality here is more than one might receive in a Western country, perhaps? Um, that I can't say because, you know, I've been to, I've not been to many other countries, but I think, yeah, it's, that's a hard one to say because... It's like saying, you know, I'm I'm talking about family and how family have treated me. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it hasn't been a case of like seeing strangers and stuff like that. I haven't really got to know someone just off the cuff in India. You know, mm -hmm. so, so in in that way, I've kind of had a more protective and sheltered um, uh, environment. Um, but but travelling around and interacting uh, after after your early twenties, you came back again, right, to India? Yeah. Or no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was what, that time. Then the next time after that was probably in my thirties after my father passed away. Um, going to India and to scatter his ashes a year after he passed away. In the Ganges. Uh yeah yeah yeah. Um, in 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 Calcutta Ganges. Yeah, that's right. In um, near Takuri, I think it was. 
Okay. So that was a different experience altogether, obviously. Yeah. Um, um, and, and so, so you haven't. Do you do you feel any, apart from your, you know, the, the negative side, you mm -hmm. know, the corruption in India. Do you feel that India has anything positive that may not be, um, you, that you may not experience in the West? I think one of the things it's like um, things I kind of noticed when I sort of went there um, first time round was. Um, how you know before recycling came kind of became a big thing in England and the West it was kind of already there in India you know it, it, you know it was naturally re trying to recycle things purely because there was a a lack of resources so you know like for example I remember sort of um, the Indian drink I think it's thumbs up I think it's a popular yeah that's right drink. It, it was and, yeah uh, yeah, sort of yeah. having that um, in a in bottle, and then yeah, returning right. the bottle. And you return the bottle afterwards. Um, yeah. But you had you, that in England. We used to get our daily milk, and then we'd put our bottles out. Yeah, that made you with milk, but it was never like with bottled drinks or anything like that, because a lot of um, things are kind of plastic and we kind of throw it away or you know we never really I didn't really uh, yes with milk bottles are correct yeah um, but that I think it was just limited to that I don't think there was anything else like with India you had you know even things like when you had um, darb you know the green coconut when you sort of um, have that um, after you finish eating that you return that because then the, the husk of the green coconut is then used for fuel. So everything yeah. kind of had a purpose. Um, yeah. You know, eight of banana leaves sometimes. Yes. You know, is that, that kind of thing was quite nice. It's, you know. Um, and do you, do you think that, that, you know, environmentally friendliness that was there that gradually began to deteriorate, is, which is now actually coming up again, um, do you think that the deterioration of, you know, um, respect towards mother earth do you think that was part of uh, uh, do you think that it was influenced by globalization uh, in what way like what in india you mean or just yeah you know how how it went you know now india was very sustainable and recyclable and biodegradable and then then it's it's now it's going through a phase of um, you know, COVID aside, but it's going through a phase of, you know, you know, using plastics for everything, like, you know, what happened in the West. I, I, there is that, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I think last time I went to India, um, or well, I went two times quite recently, but the, the, the time before then, uh, my, um, my uncle had passed away and we went there a year after his passing and we were at the Ganges and one of the things I kind of noticed were in the river Ganges something that is a holy water you yeah. know people just chucking their rubbish in there including plastic bottles and stuff yeah and even though that at that time you know obviously Modi is in government um, and he's trying to have this drive about trying to clean up the country yeah. um that people were still kind of, you know, sort of having a disregard for that, almost kind of ignorance of it. I don't know whether it's been filtered through or what, but you know, just throwing bottles into the into the Ganges, you know, that plastic bottles and just, you know, damaging, you know, that aspect of it. I know there's more industrialization in India. I think the main concern is about India for me, one of the main concerns, and I think that's been throughout. Uh, throughout from when I was there is the, the the use of these heavily pollutant diesel vehicles with yeah. the buses the taxis the cars and it's just such a I mean uh, you know my family are from Kolkata it's such a polluted city you know and I, 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 last time I went on with my my daughter came I brought my daughter with me and um, I was twice thinking about wearing, getting her a mask. I didn't in the end, but the pollution was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. You know, it's got one of the highest pollutant levels in the world. Um, yeah. And, you know, that just needs to be sorted out. It's just, you know, it's just unacceptable because 
that is contributing so much to you know kind of global warming um, yeah, but, but in terms of like recycling and, and going back to what you were saying about the game. I've read that. Uh, I think I still see that. I still see the recycling. I still see people sort of recycling with regards to the, um, you know, the glass bottles and, you know, the, the green coconut stuff. So, you know, that is still there. You know, I haven't really seen a change in that. You know, you still got those street markets where they sort of sell these products. Um but I think, um, you know, I, I live in Rishikesh and I've spent most of my time here, apart from periods of spells of time in South India, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you have the banana leaves and the coconut sh- uh, husks and everything. Yeah. But um, um, I do feel that, you know, people originally were using, like, for example, you'd go on a train, I don't know if you experienced this, you'd get a mud cup, like it would made of terracotta. And yeah. you throw, throw it out the window and it would just disintegrate, you know, as and when the time came. You know, it was yeah. not harmful to the earth. It was made of the earth and it went back to the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think people thought that everything that came, you know, through industrialization, like plastic cups or plastic plates mm-hmm. or plastic spoons or, or what have you, I think there was no education that these products were any different. So they were used to chucking things out of the train. They were used to chucking things into the Ganga because what they originally had was biodegradable. And mm-hmm. I think there was no education given. And so people continue to just um, carry on with the same kind of you know, way of uh, living because there was lack of education that this plastic was actually not, you know, was actually going to harm Mother Ganga or Mother Earth. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you know, in India, I don't know um, how. I think you were you weren't particularly brought up in a, or were you? Let me ask you that question. Were you brought up in a in any kind of religious tradition? Were there any kind of uh, traditions, rituals, or traditions followed in your family as a Hindu? Sure. Uh, before I answer that, I, I think you know my experience and the times when I have been to India. I still, I think people still. I've still experienced that people still using those terracotta um, uh, made cups and stuff and things. Um, when I, did you last? When did you last go? Oh, <laughs> good question. <laughs> Probably about four or five years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of coming back, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, we don't even have potters. Like one of my friends has an, uh, an Ayurveda eco village, and he was mm-hmm. trying to find a potter to make stuff for him and he, he could not find a, a skilled potter you know the, the trade sort of died mm-hmm. out because pl- plastic came in but anyway yeah um, if we can go back to your um, religious religious uh, were you brought up in a religious uh, tradition at all I was um, but um, and you know when when I was younger you know uh, I was told you know pray and stuff like that and I kind of I remember, you know, as as a as a very younger person, because I used to see my dad and my mum pray. I would, you know, sometimes sort of follow them and stuff like that. Um, Did you have a special area in the house for prayer? Like, uh, yeah, in, so in my sister's in my sister's room, there was a little alcove in their in their room, um, yeah. and yeah, that's where my uh, mum and dad would sort of pray and they would put all their you know, the, the religious stuff in there. Um, and my mum, up until recently, still did that. But um, because of her arthritis, she's now, that's now downstairs where she does that. Um, but did you, but, but I mean, do, did you, did you believe in that? And did you carry on any of the traditions? And what's your view on Hindu religion right now? Um, just take me through to how you come to your current viewpoint on Hindu religion, religion or, stuff, yeah. or religion in general, yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I think there was a time, but I think I, I was. It was never kind of, and I, and I quite love my, you know, you know, it's quite impressed with my parents about the fact that I was. It was. I never felt that the religion was ever imposed on me, um, mm. and you know, the one thing that I kind of am. Um, reluctant and I you know I say I don't eat beef I have time at times eaten beef but I don't generally eat beef or try to eat beef um but I'm not a a, a religious person and um I kind of 
question thing about Hinduism. I know, I know that when I was in India the first time, one thing I kind of noticed, like especially in the taxis and the cars and everything, everyone had a you know kind of a shrine, you know, in their in their car in their vehicles. Yes. Yeah, they still do. Yes. yes, uh, yes. And and I, I just find it. I'm, I'm I just kind of, I'm a kind of a skeptical person. I'm quite hypocritical as well. And when it comes, to, not hypocritical. I'm quite skeptical because I think people are can be quite hypocritical where. You know, when something is sort of put into your face so much, um, but then the practice of individuals sort of challenges that. I find that you know, you mean, why you mean, you... You mean that you mean that people can be doing their religious practices, and then on the other hand, when they go out into daily life, they treat yeah, people uh, be- behaving not, totally not different. Very, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, whether it's yeah. I mean that that's common in all over the world. I would say yeah. I wouldn't say it would be exclusive to India but yes I definitely have seen that and I always say to people um, that the biggest religion is uh, humanity humanitarianism you Mm. know to be a good human being to other people you know respect yourself and respect others you know Um, um, and I often teach people about that here in India but yeah I mean that that's there in all religions wouldn't you agree I would I mean, say so, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, didn't you go to a school where you had to chant uh, Christian prayers and stuff? Or, I mean, I did. I, I chanted Christian prayers um, when I went to school. Yeah, no, I think when we had assembly. Um, exactly, exactly. You know, we, yeah, and it was it's really funny, actually, because it was almost kind of, it, was not, it wasn't even a Christian denominated school, it was more like a secular school, but, you know, we did have prayers and stuff, as far as I'm, I'm aware, and, you know. Thank you, didn't you sing, thank you, God, for our daily bread, and I can't remember the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, things like that, yeah, and it's sort of, you kind of question that, because, you know, you, at that age, you don't think about it that much, or I didn't think about it that much, but mm-hmm. it was quite funny, because I think, and I can't. I was kind of embarrassing my dad about it sometimes. But as far as I'm aware, when like <laughs> my dad never wanted us to, you know, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but he was like, you know, when, when they sort of wanted to teach kind of like religious education or something, he was kind of questioning when they were we were being taught Christianity, you yeah. know. And and I, you know, I would kind of see that as sort of being at that time, sort of saying, oh, why is he doing this? That's so embarrassing or whatever. But it's sort of when you kind of think about it that, you know, you know, why is it, why is it right that a, a school can espouse to a certain religion, even though the UK is meant to be kind of a more, they say it's Christian dominate, but it's, you know, I see it as more secular rather than Christian. Um, and, and, and and to have that as, a, as something that, that should be natural or expected or a given, uh, and, and for my, my dad to kind of say, well, you know, you're not respecting our religion by doing that, you know, because, you know, we, so he, we, we he, have a he, was, he, he didn't have an all-encompassing view that all religions were just different ways um, of being a better person? No, I think he was quite, as a, I think, maybe I'm wrong because I'm probably speaking on his behalf and I never really had those kind of debates with him or chat to him. Yeah, yeah uh, no, my, my father was very much like, it doesn't matter which religion you follow or you don't, even if you don't follow, just be a good human being and have good ethics. That's it. That's uh-huh. all you need to do. That's what I had as my uh-huh. training. We didn't have an altar. We didn't have pictures of gods. We didn't have anything. But we, mm-hmm. had, good, we had good examples in our parents, you know, of being good people, you know, ethical, yeah. pe- ethical people. So, you know, um, my you know, my dad, I think with my parents, they were kind of, I saw them as kind of, you know, kind of strict Hindus, but it was never right. kind of forced on us. That was one thing I kind of saw. Uh-huh. And, you know, um, it's something that, you know, another thing that kind of turned me off religion as well, with my the Hindu religion for me, was the fact that going to the, the, the local temples and stuff, yeah. yeah, people pray and stuff, but mostly people were there for just, you know, talking, gossiping, really. Yeah, socialising. Yes. Yeah, right. How 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 amazing their children are, what they're doing, and this and that. It's almost like you know a way of 
kind of promote you know sort of yeah but did you okay so you saw the outer practice but did you ever read any of the uh hindu texts or the christian texts or whatever no no so no so so in that regard i'm you know i'm sort of um so you're just you're judging on the base i mean not judging but you're speaking on the basis of your, you know, experience rather than what lies behind it. So yeah. would you classify yourself as a, a theist, atheist or agnostic or um, would you not? Um, Do you believe there's a, a higher higher force, you know, and if there is, would it be just, and, and would it be just like, you know, like all religions going in in different directions to the same place? Um, that is a, I think, a question that I'm still asking myself. Um, I'm not religious. I respect people's views on religion. I like talking about it. I'd like to know more from their experiences and stuff like that. Um, but I kind of, I, I think for me, it's a question that, 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 that whole point about why do you necessarily need to, 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 you know, for example, why, why do you need to pray? What, what's the purpose of it, I guess? Um, if you want to be a good person, you just have to be a good person. You don't, what, what does a prayer add to that? If, if you're going through a bad time, people say hey, you pray. Um, I, I, I find that kind of hard to reconcile with, even though I've kind of done that myself when I've gone through bad times or something. And I, yeah but it's more for selfish reasons rather than anything else well it is it is that way for most people Um, you're not you're not alone um but you know i I, you know people sometimes say to me oh will you pray for me or pray for my family if something's happened and i and i sort of don't use the word pray because i'd be hypocritical because i don't pray yeah Um, I'll you say said that. you just feel oh, good, good uh, wishes towards them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't okay, before thoughts. this could be another podcast, the whole religious debate, not debate yeah. or discussion. But I just want to bring you back to, you know, the UK and um, like, would you say that in the UK you have like more um, Indian friends rather than Western friends, or is it a balance? Um, and who who do you feel more comfortable with? Um, it's. Actually, probably, um, I don't have that many, I do have Indian friends, I've got good Indian friends, and well, when I say Indian, uh, British Indian, uh, yeah, British Indian, when I sort of say that, um, I don't, it's really funny, because I've got really good Muslim friends, I've got, you know, I've got probably, I mean, non-English, let's say non Sorry. Uh, in, ter- in, ter- in terms of like, I've, okay. In terms of people I talk to now, most often, yeah. You know, um, the friend I'm speaking to mostly now, she, she's Jewish. Um, so, you know, and but I don't sort of identify with someone just because of their religion or what their background is. It's more about who I can have a conversation with, who I'm close to. You know, I've got male and female friends, but, you know, um, but I don't really maybe chat to my male friends as much and more my female friends that I speak to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, I know, yeah, um, I just see as how I get along with them. That's what I see. You know, I see the person, I see human beings, you know, you know, you could say, you know, who am I at? You know, I like to get comfortable at a time to say, just say to somebody, "I'm a human being," rather than saying, "No, I'm British or whatever," because yeah. before anything else, you're a human being. You know, yeah. before religion, before race, um, yeah. um, you, you know, you're a human being, and I, I just get on with people, whatever background they are. Um, it has, I have to do that. Part of my nature of my work that I do, I see people from different backgrounds, but. Um, and, yeah, it's um, about the person I get on with. It's a person rather than the background that I look at. Okay. I've just got a few more questions for you just before we conclude. 
Um, yeah. Like, would you ever see yourself living in India? Or would you see yourself um, living your life in England? Well, um, I know. You have to get it. Well, um, I don't know, actually. I'm so comfortable here, I guess. I'm so used to it. And it's about, I guess, coming out of my comfort zone and to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of look at my age and I think, am I too old now to kind of think about that? And my daughter's here. So, you know, my family, you know family here so I think for the time being I don't see myself living abroad full stop but maybe older possibly India but then again it could be any other country it's not a specific affinity I would say to India you know, so you I don't, don't have any you don't feel any specific affinity to India no not really even no. though it's, it's an, you know sometimes I do because it's a country that is a part of me it's a part of my heritage it's a part of my upbringing and it's yeah. kind of saddens me that I don't have that necessarily that the love or the passion towards it as say other people do but do you yeah. have the love and passion towards England um I was I was born here. I was brought up here. It's, um, you know, that's who I am. I'm British. Um, it's by nationality. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I guess I must do, but I don't know. Um, do you think? Do you do you, do you do you not do you not think there's any corruption? You talk. We talked about corruption earlier. In India, do you not think there's any corruption in the country you live in right now? Where I, I, was think, born? I think, of course, I think there's corruption in all countries. I think it's just that um, probably in the West it's more hidden or it's it's hidden in... Um, it's at the higher levels, perhaps. It's at the higher levels, yeah. That's, yeah. that's where you kind of identify it, yeah. Whereas, yeah... You, you don't know, you know, things happen that are sort of ha beyond your control, but people who have power of money tend to, you know, get more. Um, and you don't know what kind of corruption there is. I mean, it, it could be through the highest levels of, you know, through, you know, drug trade or, you know, gun, gun violence, everything, you know, the, the, you know, policy making, you know, all that kind of thing. There's a level of corruption there um, because but how, it's... But you say that you find you found India to be very corrupt and that's one of your dislikes about mm. India. But if the corruption is equally there and not equally, in a, it has a different manifestation yeah. in, 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 in the West, in, in, say, let's say England. Um, yeah. I mean, how, I do you, how, how do you tolerate that? I think it's because... I it's not in day-to-day -day life. I feel that I still have kind of maybe faith, some kind of faith, and maybe the the system that you know you'd like to think here that you you can get a fair decision, yeah. um, you know, in the courts and stuff. Whereas you might not necessarily feel the same way in in, in India, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but that's again. Um, my kind of view is like I remember my I think it was my dad he had some property in India but because they didn't stay there a while um, you know it, somebody else took over it and whereas here you may have been able to lawfully get them out because you know you've got the deeds and stuff in India that doesn't seem to matter and there's some local politics and um, yeah, I mean, now it's becoming better because of the, you know, uh, people are, the land registries mm -hmm. and everything, and people are making proper contracts, which can be enforced. But yeah. yes, the, the legal system is quite a tough system here. It's not easy, and it often takes many years to mm -hmm. recover, recover property or to, you know, uh, uh, get justice in your case. But, um, and I think... Um, um, is there anything else you would like to say? Um, I mean, in the end, you would you would you classify? Would you think of there being an identity called a British Indian? And if you so, have, you know, although I'm British, 
I am, I mean, I say that and uh, sort of talking about not identifying myself more Indian than that, but I do, although I'm British, but it's all, it's first, it's always like British, but it's like British Indian, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's like with anything, it's classification, isn't it, and sort of tick boxes, you know, and yeah. I remember seeing these forms, what, what, how would you identify yourself, British, British Black, British Asian, British Indian, British, you know, Yes, yes. Um, so it's all so, kind of clinical. So, yeah, so, so there is a categorization going on there. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. the one of the things that I felt when I first came to India, when I first came to India between two and four, ages two and four, then I came when I was 16, you know, again, with my family. And mm. the first thing that I felt when I got off the plane was, oh, my God, no one can be racist to me here, you know, and the same color. Not that I experienced a whole load of racism, but I did grow up in an era um, of the uh, National Front, which mm. was a fas- you may have heard of a fascist, fascist yeah. right right wing party, and you know, and there was Enoch Powell, and there was a lot of like scaremongering that you know the you know the non-white people would have to mm-hmm. go back to their countries, so there was always this fear of you know lack of stability, you know, not being able to stay, but when I came to India when I was sixteen, I was like phew that's a relief no one's you know can sort of no one can say anything about me you know racist in in terms of racism so that was my first um and obviously i've never experienced any racist abuse here obviously Mm. because you know i have an indian you know look you Mm. know from my genes but at the same time you know people recognize me to be a a foreign indian if you like you know they they know from the way I speak, although I speak fluent Hindi, they recognize my accent is different and, you know, the way I behave perhaps is, is, is different, you know. Mm. Um, but it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a reason to, uh, it's not a reason for racism, you know. It's actually, no, yeah, it's actually, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know, actually unfortunately, it's actually a reason for people to respect you more. You know, because they think, like, mm-hmm. you know, you come from the West and everyone thinks West is best over here. They're like, oh, my God, madam, 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 you know, you know, they feel really like, mm-hmm. you know, wow, this woman's been to the West, you know, she's been brought up in the West, she's a lawyer from the West, you know. So there is this, like, still, you know, even though the British Raj has gone, technically, mm-hmm. um, back in 1947, there is still, you know, people are still under their minds and are under the control of, you know, the Western world, I feel. I don't know if you feel that. Um, yeah, I think um, in terms of racism, yeah, and I feel sort of any kind of sort of racism in that regard, I guess I feel that because um, they can tell I'm a foreigner um, that maybe they'll, take advantage of me a bit in terms of, you know, whether it's sort of ripping me off in terms of, you know, as you would, you know, you know, charge a few extra rupees on a, on a, on an auto rickshaw ride than you would if you were, um, Indian. Um, but so, at the same time, do you not feel you get more respect because yeah, got, I mean, yeah, you, you've got that as well because, uh, yeah, people are, you know, are expressed. They want to know about uh, the West. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, a lot of the people are, haven't had that opportunity to be able to travel and, and, and to, you know, come over to here. And, you know, one of the sad things about India is that, you know, the way the, you know, you, when you look at the education system and stuff and that like, people working really hard, get, doing really well at school and college and stuff, and yet, there's a lack of opportunity for them, even though yeah. they've gone through that. And and you know, and, and and the kind of job offers are for them are are, are very much below what they can achieve. And okay. and I, I think and and I think for me, I've had more opportunity here in this country um, than I would have done if I was brought up in India. I don't think I would have had the same level of opportunity. I don't think. Um, no. I don't think. Um, you know, I don't think. Which is which is why my parents emigrated to the UK because they saw that there was not enough opportunity for the mm. level of their, you know, skills or, you know, potential skills. Mm. 
which is really sad because that's how people you know you, you lose your people the people the, well the, they the, call it they call it a brain drain you know yeah yes, from a brain drain you know all the best it professionals go abroad the doctors yeah. the be the best of the creme de la creme you know the best of the best go abroad you know yeah so um you know like i was reading the other day about covid you know one in seven doctors on the front line of covid in america is indian mm. of indian origin you know mm. so you know there's a lot of indians upholding the western world you know through their you know highly developed you know skills and qualifications um so you know um Anyway, this has uh, uh, been a very interesting and informative uh, uh, podcast. And if, would you like to add anything to conclude? Um, not overall. I think, you know, it's, it's been quite interesting. It'd be quite interesting to hear other people's sort of views and similar experiences. I, uh, I don't know how I kind of kind of come across or how, you know, if, family members heard this, how they would see, you know, both from British family members and also from Indian family members. Oh, well, you can send it, send it out to all your Indian family members and <laughs> yeah. friends and, and, and let, them, let yeah. them hear. Let's have their opinions, you know, because it's, 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 it's quite... Weird, it's, it's, because I've it, probably never had that kind of conversation with them directly mm. uh, about that. But, you know, just quickly in terms of the, that thing about racism, but I, I still feel unfortunate that you know, with Indians, you know, fair skin is still seen as a, a, a higher commodity than someone who's got a darker skin. Yeah. You know, when it comes to progression and stuff, you know, we still got that attitude. And it's, you know, it's an attitude that I kind of had when I was here, when I felt I wasn't white enough when I was at yeah. school. And whereas, you know, um, when I, when I remember going to India first time around, oh, they were saying, oh, you're quite fair, blah, blah, blah. Then next time, oh, why are you so dark? Why are you so yeah. dark? Why are you so skinny? Those are the two yeah. issues, like the fat had on me. Because I think you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that, but, but that whole idea prevails through Africa, through mm. all the countries where there are so-called people. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's unfair yeah. for me to kind of target India. It's just, I think, the, obviously, being in India, and that's the experience I've had. I'm sort of talking yeah. from that point of view, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I never, when I was in England, I never worried about the fact that I was fair or, you know, or dark mm. or whatever. It was more that, you know, why why, why did people have to call me, you know, names, you mm. know, to, like, you know, racist names. And, you know, uh, although I was pretty lucky, like you, I didn't experience, because I didn't identify myself as Indian or British, but just as a human being, mm. that I, I didn't, you know, attract that kind of, racism that some people speak of mm -hmm. you know so um but yeah so we'll just conclude here because um we usually do about 40 minutes and we've done 53 so okay. um okay so thank you much thank you very much deborah for thank being you. with me on this interview and or dialogue as we call <laughs> it and um yeah i'm just going to stop recording now and um i'd like to say thank you for thank coming you. thank you as well okay I appreciate that. okay Cheers. Okay. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.